0: Welcome to the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation podcast. In this episode, we answer our students' questions and share information about yoga therapy and meditation with the intention of creating a new paradigm in wellness. This episode is a recording taken directly from a live Q&A session with Breathing Deeply founder, Brant Pasalacqua and students of our Yoga Therapy Foundations program. Our first question is, what does a typical yoga therapy session look like?
1: So, you know, generally sessions kind of have a flow. Um, You know, if it's a new client, you know, you do an intake procedure and that's your whole session and then you figure out what to do with them but if it's somebody that you're working with um it generally looks like um kind of checking in and seeing what kind of practice you know whether the practice well I should go backwards since you're asking so generally all we do is offer practices um which is kind of a funny thing to say but it it's not totally obvious your entire job is to figure out what practices might help the person for whatever condition they have so that's it there's literally no more to it it's our scope of practice it's big enough it's plenty big enough Um, so that's our job and generally sessions look like teaching those practices and then when people come back um Kind of assessing you know talking to them and seeing you know how the practices have affected them and how they feel they're you know doing them if they you know, remembered what you told them or something was hard all those kinds of things um and then based on the feedback you get adjusting those practices so the actual you know sessions generally run an hour-ish um sometimes they're shorter follow-ups for me um but i or been around a while and most yoga therapists are more on the lengthier side than I am, I like to move quickly. Um, but, you know, kind of standard division of time in a session would be, you know, 15 minutes of figuring out what's been happening the last week, two weeks, month, two months however long since you've seen them uh half an hour of sort of adjusting and assigning practices from there and then kind of another 15 minutes of like kind of summing it up and sending them off with the thing that they need so um you know some sessions are a little longer look a little different because you're teaching them longer things you know things that take longer to learn and some sessions are shorter uh because they basically learn them and you're you're tweaking them. You're more leaning towards teaching people things that they can do on their own. Like, you know, sometimes when you're a PT, you know, you have like say three sessions a week or you're trying to do something in real time. Um, As a yoga therapist, you're giving people skills. So that's really the only, you know, as a manual therapist, you're doing manual therapies, but as yoga therapist, you're really just teaching. So you can think of it like that, like in this hour or whatever I have, how can this person walk out of this office, knowing what to do for the next month, say, okay. for themselves? And so that's that's how we think about it. So uh, that's your that's your goal. And and honestly, most uh, most of the time, our practices are not super long. Like our sequences aren't long, or the things we're teaching them. Um, if you're you know if you're clear, um, you don't need super lengthy interventions. So, um, you know, you kind of stay economical and teach people what they need, and that you're kind of sending them home with that. Um, and then there's a, you know, there's in terms of the session, there's always like time for your therapeutic relationship, which is part of any of these things that you're talking about, right? So they want to, you need to know each other, they need to trust you, they need to feel like they're being listened to. But In the end, your goal is to teach them those practices. That's your, that's what's on the top of your mind, you know, the entire time. Um, Otherwise things just take forever and it becomes among other things, not cost-effective, you know? So, you know, like a lot of yoga therapists kind of do this like really slow thing, Um, but that doesn't work, you know, unless somebody has unlimited time and money. So I I try to keep that in mind as well. I generally use a lot of, um, video and audio recording in my practice, because I'm often tweaking it a little more specifically. So, you know, I record lots of things I do with a little zoom recorder, or usually with their phone, um, which, you know, over the year, it wasn't always that way I used to write things down more, but I've noticed that people respond way better to video. Um, And then there are tools like um, Yoga Mate has one, and uh, Sequence Wiz, where you have have these sort of prepackaged sequence tools, um, which you can check out. So you build practices in there, and then you can use them. You can kind of tweak them a couple of things, erase one, throw in another, and print it out. Um, So those are all options. Um, but generally, over the years, I've done a, a mix of like stick figures and videos, <laughs> um, and uh, that's worked out pretty well. For meditations, you're welcome. Yeah, it's it's fine to use anything, really. I mean, um, it's just a matter of whether you think like your voice is a good idea or a bad idea for that particular client. Um, it's also great to have, you know, sort of multiple versions of things. So um, but I wouldn't think too cookie cutter, um, as you'll see as you continue learning. Um, the the more cookie cutter stuff uh would be like the physical sequences.
0: Is it important to specialize as a yoga therapist?
1: I recommend is you definitely, even if you have more than one specialty, you really put some time into figuring out what you want to know. And and a lot of it is some of it is how you're gonna work with people. Um And some of it is people's ability to feel like you understand their condition. So, you know, like anyone could teach yoga for cancer with a one day seminar with me. And I'm not an expert, even. you know, or the people we have come and teach it. Like, it's not that hard to work in like a breast cancer unit in terms of, you know, the teaching part, you know, but what you do need to know is all the ways chemo affects people and what's it like to have a port you know you don't want to put that port on the ground you know (laughs) like someone's chest right on the ground when they have something sticking out of there and and what it's like you know what kind of like sort of emotional stuff someone might be going to so you can be a little more sensitive to that and it's the same with many other things um and so it's like you could definitely like i could walk into a cancer ward and teach a class tomorrow and then i could turn around and you know, work with a football team, you know, and they're very different things, but just because I can do that, I don't market myself to all the things, if that makes sense. For me, it's, I would say it's kind of two things. Um, You know, my job's different than yours because I run a yoga therapy school, so I got to know a little about a lot, right, It's part of my my job. Um, And my practice was sort of like that by accident, but in terms of working with people, it's like, you know, we did our obesity work and that was like a huge part of my practice. So it's like a specialty. And of course, people who are obese have all the other things that happen to people. <laughs> they get cancer, they hurt their back, they yeah. have depression. So of course I worked with all those things, but that was sort of like my target. Like I'm somebody, and you know, the reason for that was be- among other reasons, one of the big reasons is that if you were obese, it's hard to find someone to work with you know because you're not sure if they're going to judge you you know you see some like super fit yoga teacher right and you're like should i work with them i don't know maybe every time i come in they're like there's the fat guy you know i don't want that so you know that's part of it and that's true with everything like trauma you know i I mean i do a lot of that too and so slowly what i kind of did is like specialized in different things and built little Kind of worlds around them Um, and some of them were like more public like the obesity stuff like I wrote a book and I gave seminars and I and some of them were more just uh, being very well informed and letting people know I worked with that so that's more like the trauma work I've done I never like went out into the world and tried to proclaim myself a trauma expert but I worked with hundreds of people with big traumas you know um so you know from a work standpoint it's really good it's really hard to market yourself as like a i can do everything yoga therapist it sounds almost crazy you know but what i would suggest is you find one or two things to kind of hang your hat on okay um knowing that those people are going to have all the other things it's not like people with trauma don't get plantar fasciitis. And then once they're in your orbit, you know, that's how, or they're, you know, a lot of times I would be working with somebody with trauma and they're like, I mean, I, I just got to ask you, I know that's not what we do, but you do physical stuff, right? Like they'll see some, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, of course. And they'll say, oh, well, my husband has plantar fasciitis. Do you think you would work with them? You know, it's been really chronic for years. I'm like, sure, send them in. I'll I'll check them out. So like a lot of times it's like that, you know, so you have the person, the main thing you're focused on sort of referring other things to you. Um, And this kind of subtle thing you do is like, um, like in the space you're working, you can have information on all the things yoga therapists might do if if you're willing to work with them. You know, I, I put out these little like, things sometimes about different conditions or what is a yoga therapist, blah, blah, blah. And people are like, oh, I didn't know, I have all these friends with back problems I should send them to, you know. <laughs> you can explain the larger system and then you can also tell people what you're most interested in working with. So those are kind of two roads you can take in any conversation, you know, so someone's like, oh, you're a yoga therapist, what does a yoga therapist do? You're like, we work with a wide variety of conditions, it's a different system. Kind of like the way Chinese medicine is, kind of like the way Ayurveda is. It's like, you know, we do physical stuff and we do meditation techniques, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, if you have the time to sort of explain it, or you're the person who works with trauma, right? So you put on these different like hats, um, mostly to help the person you're talking to, right? Like that's yeah. that's your goal to help the person understand what it is you do. If you if you say too much a lot of times people just kind of walk away. Like, I don't know.
0: What is the best way to approach depression and anxiety from a yoga therapy perspective?
1: There's a lot of people with anxiety who are not clinically depressed, but there are not so many depressed people who, I mean, everybody's anxious, right? So Mm -hmm. that just kind of comes with the human territory and then it gets worse. And that's all because of Vata imbalance. So, um, you know, What you're looking for is when you're doing it doshically, you're looking for the predominant imbalance. So, look, everybody with depression has anxiety, but if, you know, getting out of bed in the morning is the issue, you know, or, you know, lots and lots of negative thoughts that are not sort of like anxiety based, um, I usually go in that direction. What, you know, what you're seeing does matter, you know, because, you know, you get other clues like, you know, uh, ener- just general kind of vibe energy levels from people, mm-hmm. you know, a very vata and balanced person might be more scattered, but have a lot more kind of externalized energy than a really depressed mm-hmm. person. So someone with both, you know, you can see that they're like, you know, barely lifting their head to talk to you is a very different person. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, that's a thing too. I mean, the other thing to remember is that you have a Koshic way of looking at it as well. Yeah. So, you know, you have that lens of like, is this an energetic issue? Right. Is this a kind of deeper thing, you know, kosher wise that we're looking at? This is personally just sort of totally disconnected. And And if they are, is it like a lack of you know, Ananda awareness, or is it not enough energy to have that awareness? You know, you might make different choices. You might bounce between those two models just to get your thought process together. Okay. um, Around which practices to give them. Um, And it gets really nuanced with mental health. It gets Mm -hmm. very, very nuanced. I'm giving you the sort of general, you know, the big crayons. You, you, you're not actually treating depression or anxiety. That's the thing to remember. You know, we use those words because those are the words we live in, but that's, you know, people with depression have different right. dosha and different koshic imbalances. A lot of them have kapha imbalances, people who are depressed, but a lot of people have also suffered traumas and have lots of stuff in the vijnana maya kosha they have to work through, mm-hmm. you know? So that's why we have the two models for you to start to think that way and be like, hmm, what am I hearing? this person says they're depressed and was assaulted and this person says they're depressed and no trauma at all right so these people have lived very different lives so it's probably manifesting differently um so yes there are many many options it's a creative Mm -hmm. activity being a yoga therapist we try to give you some guidelines but it's not really super prescriptive most schools do it in a prescriptive way Mm -hmm. because they don't well (laughs) I'll say it this way I'm half joking they don't believe in you you know what I mean it's like like yoga therapists are in relationships with people and they have to think on their feet and and bounce between things you can't just take one evidence-based practice from a study. You can definitely try it, but like that doesn't give you the information you need to work with depressed people.
0: Thanks for listening to the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, leaving a positive review, and sharing it with friends. For more information about our yoga therapy and meditation trainings and programs, visit breathingdeeply.com.